0: The following audios from the Chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the Chapel at Fishhawk is available at ww.thechapelfh.org. We're in a new series in the Book of Mark, you guys. So everyone hold up their poster. Everyone say poster. Okay now this is a synopsis of the book of Mark. Last week, I put up videos. There's videos on our website, right on the homepage. It'll say, Intro to the Mark series. There's two videos that you should watch. One of them is a living illustration of this poster to help you understand, to gain biblical literacy, to understand how God's Word was written, why it was written, and the setting. Because oftentimes, we take things way out of context. It's a bad habit of church people. We throw verses we like on coffee mugs and bumper stickers. We don't want to be that type of church family. We want to be biblically literate, biblically intelligent. And this outline today, what we're going to look at, we're going to fly and just touch over what Mark is about. And then we're going to look at the first eight verses. So if you have not scrolled in your Bibles or flipped open your old school Bibles to the book of Mark, Chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. If you are new to Christianity and you're like, where is Mark? The Bible is 66 books. This is toward the latter, to, uh, the latter third of the Bible. So flip past all the names that you don't know, people that are named that. So if you see Malachi, you probably don't know a Malachi, so keep going. Then you'll see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you see an Ian's book, Thessalonians, Corinthians, Ephesians, then you've gone too far. Are you ready? Okay. Mark. I am pumped for Mark. Before I uh, jump into the text, I need to ask you a question. Who here, and don't be shy, just because it's awkward, who here has been on a blind date? Anyone here been on a blind date? Okay, so just a couple of you know the joy of what a blind date is like. And here's what it's like. Oh, no. Is that the one? Wait, no, no. I choose that one, Lord. No, 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 no. That one please God, not that one. Um, I, I'd only been on one blind date. I was very, very young in high school and it was a friend, you know, a friend says, hey, will you go out with me and my friend? I'm, she's going to bring her friend and you're my friend that I'm going to bring. And I got duped into that. It's awkward. It, and what's, what's so awkward about it is that you just don't know anything You don't know the personality and your friends, God bless them. They will try to be sweet and they'll say something to encourage you like, you know what? You both like, and it's going to be some arbitrary fact, like you both like Star Trek, which that could mean a lot of things. Like you could show up to that date and they could speak Klingon to you. And I'm like, I'm not that one. I'm the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Or you can be like, this person, they like food like you like food. But what they might mean is they might like, you know, um, you know, in my recent example, obviously, like, what if they love food but only grilled meats? And I showed up, on my, like, I love food but only grilled asparagus. Probably not going to be a huge match. Today, in this text, God is setting up what I think is one of the funniest blind dates in the biggest shocking reveals in, in the story of Jesus. Today, we're looking at Mark. And we're gonna learn the setup, and we have to know a couple things about Mark. He's gonna set us up, and at every turn, Mark uses a word more than any of the other gospels. There's four gospels. Gospel means good news. There's four counts Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What are they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, let's say them in Spanish. Are you ready? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Mark has this word more than all the other gospels it's the word immediately. It's, he'll say, Jesus did this, immediately they went here and then Jesus did this, and then immediately they went here, and then Jesus did this, and immediately they went here. There's this sense of urgency through Mark. It's like that one friend we have that's always like five steps faster than the rest of the group. Like they're just like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. We call it, we diagnose those things nowadays, ADHD, ADHHHD. Uh, it's what some of us might have here. This is Mark. He just wants to rush through this. And, and Mark was a coworker of Paul and a partner with Peter Most scholars believe that this gospel of Mark is John Mark, and he's writing from Peter as his source. Peter the apostle. Peter who was crucified upside down. Peter who denied Jesus. Peter was the primary source for Mark's account, and this was the earliest of the accounts, most people think. So between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mark was written first. So it's important that we understand that as we go through. In this fast-paced book, it's a very simple formula. Jesus acts and then it shows us how others react. And now we're going to read. We're going to read, we're going to pray, and we're going to keep going. I'm going to read all eight verses from our text this morning. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we are, we are about to dive into this gospel, this good news of Jesus, this fast-paced account from John Mark. And Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you would open our hearts to not just be hearers of the word, but to be hearers, believers, and doers of your word. To be people who take action to love others as you have loved us. Lord, this morning we need your wisdom to begin to see and feel the anticipation that Mark is building up. Father, for those that are here today who, are, uh, who do not walk with you, I pray that you would speak to them. For those who are here, Lord, that have been walking with you for many, many years, I pray that you would encourage, inspire, and equip them. Lord, draw us into this story, I pray in Jesus' name, all God's kids said, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to just unpack this passage. In the beginning, the gospel of Jesus, the beginning, where have you heard that line in the Bible before? I'll give you a hint on page one. Okay, right? We got this. So Mark instantly, first gospel being written, he's trying to point back to something. He's saying there was the beginning in Genesis. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus. And he's using language to hearken us back, to pull our attention back and say, look, this is God's plan. This is what God has been up to. First, he laid out creation. That was great for two pages. And then it went terrible on the third page. And then, As creation begins to crumble away, relationships between God are broken, relationships between humans are broken, disease, thorns, sweat, labor pains all enter into the world. From that point in Genesis chapter 3, all the way until Jesus arrives, God's plan was to prepare a people to receive a Savior, to receive what the Jewish people call the Messiah. It's not a name that we use very often. For those of you who don't know, um, Christ is not Jesus's last name it's his title so if you uh at my my kid's school I've been super into Instagram lately I'm all about it right now and at my kid's school it's so funny because there's these two administrators in the administrator hallway and they're one door apart one of them says Mr. DeJesus and then two doors down it's Miss Christ I, I couldn't make this stuff up. So this week on my Instagram story, as I was doing my kids stuff, getting the medical forms, here's my children, take them freely, um, I was Instagram story. I was like, this is crazy. We have Mr. de Jesus and Miss Christ. Now, they were there in the hallway as I'm doing this. And he goes, it's Mr. Jesus." And I was like, I know. I was born in San Diego. And she said, and then the lady said, it's not Miss Christ, it's Miss Christ. And I said, well, someone spelt your name wrong. Because it's Miss Christ. I'll bet you there's more people in the world that would pronounce that Christ than Christ. Because Catholics, you lose. And I was there, Mister De Jesus, Miss Christ. In the beginning, there was Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Messiah. This is Jesus, the Son of God, who will be the King. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Mark is telling us that that Jesus is coming. And then he says there's a messenger that was making a way so that when Jesus came, the paths would be made straight, that people would see. Jesus is not what anyone expected at the time of his coming. His disciples didn't think that he was coming in the way that he did. His disciples, later on, we're going to find out, they thought that Jesus bringing the kingdom of God meant there was going to be power, that there was going to be fame, that there was going to be money, that he would sit on a throne right then and there and, and dispatch Rome away but Jesus didn't come to claim victory in that way, to sit on an earthly throne. He, he came to claim victory over sin and death. Jesus didn't come with power. Jesus didn't come with good looks. Jesus didn't come with those things. The Bible even said he came appearing in such a way that nobody would think anything remarkable of him. You know, it's like when you look at people and you think, they're average. That's what you would have thought of Jesus. Like, look at me right now. I'm, I'm below average except for to my wife, because she can't see. I'm above average to her. I got her before we got prescription glasses. But Jesus said, if you looked at him, it'd just be nothing. You would just say, he's just a guy. You know, patchy facial hair in his teens. Like some of you guys, I saw some middle schoolers that are here. Sixth graders, there's a sixth grader here. It's growing a mustache already, you guys. If you're telling me there's no hormones in the milk, you're out of your mind. Nothing to draw him. He's not going to be an Instagram famous model. There's people that are on Instagram. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a social media app. And I know you're like, I don't do social media. It's the devil. Could be. But it's there. And there's people that are famous on there just for being fit. Jesus wasn't that guy. Jesus wasn't an Abercrombie and Fitch greeter. He was just a guy. Kind of like a guy that would, you know, work at a store in the back. And he came without power that we expected. Physical power. Without looks. He came without money, but he sent, God sent to start the story off a prophet. Now, I was super bummed because I I ordered some crickets because John ate locusts, and I wanted to eat locusts. I could not find edible locusts, but I got crickets, and they did not arrive for today. So, I'm going to make a video and put it on the Facebook this week. I'm going to snack on some crickets because I want to see what it tasted like for John, this prophet, to eat a bug. Now, Fun fact I learned in preparation for this sermon, all of us eat bugs all the time. There's uh, limits that the FDA has that allow for certain amounts of bug particles to be found in your processed foods. You're welcome. Uh, On average, you'll eat, uh, depending on where you live and the climates and stuff, people eat spiders on the regular. Did you know that? Because spiders are attracted to dark cavernous holes. And I've seen some of you sleep because sometimes my sermons aren't funny. And I see you sleep like this. That's a spider home. And then you feel it on your tongue, and you just, protein. Now, the weird thing is, when I make this video this week, it's, it's for a purpose. I know some of you are, like, creeping out right now. You're going to go home, you're like, I'm going to sleep tonight, sweetie. Where's the scotch tape? <laughs> you just go to sleep. Don't worry, because if you tape your mouth shut, there's still two more entries, ports of entry for those bugs. Okay, I'll stop. Only because you cried out to God. Said, oh my gosh, stop. I'm not sleeping ever again. Here's why I want to do that. Because in the in the Gospel of Mark, we're gonna change the way we do sermons and application. I, I don't want us to just hear and then leave. I want us to hear and apply immediately, and it's gonna become pertinent with next week's scripture. So, for example, this week talked about John making a way for Jesus to come so that people could hear the good news about God's kingdom coming in and through the person of Jesus. So today, there's these cards. Everyone can hold up a card so I know you have one. Don't leave them there. At least bring one home. If not two, there was two on every chair. Our job today is to pave a way for people to hear the good news about Jesus. So these cards are for you to go to someone you know that doesn't go to a church because we don't like sheep stealing and say, hey, this week we, we talked about paving the way. We talked about how John the Baptist went forward and he was doing the prep work, the pre-work so that Jesus could change people's lives and pray about who you're going to give this card to and invite to, to come to the chapel. And here's the thing. I've told people this and I actually mean it. Uh, I said, I don't want the chapel to grow a ton. I want people to have life-changing encounters with the Son of God but I really like two services. And I tell the staff from time to time, I would love it if we could just be two services just forever. Because three services, it's so much more work. And then if we grow more, we got to build something on the grass. And then if we build something on the grass, where are all the neighborhood dogs going to go to the bathroom? I want to be a service to the community. <laughs> but I, I, do, I do want more of those moments um, the moments where someone comes up and they just hug me because they're maybe leaving and they say, thank you. Our marriage wouldn't have made it if we didn't come to hear about Jesus here at the chapel. I do love those moments where, where there's children that are brought here. I mean, today, like the joy of my day, no matter what else happens today, today some of my friends um, who I made got to come back and visit the chapel and they're, they're in the back, they're kids. And when the family came up, they said, hey, we brought, we brought two, for two of your friends here. And I turned around, and they're two of my favorite humans. Not that I don't like you guys, but they're so precious, and they've been through so much in the last year. So when I saw them, one of them still remembered me. I haven't seen her for a couple of months. And she just ran up to me and gave me the biggest hug. I love that, like that the, the good news of Jesus can bring restoration. And when I first talked to that, that young child, um, she didn't have words to say, just in a shell, didn't, couldn't speak. I couldn't understand the few words that she did know, and today we talked from the corner up to the door, and she told me about school, something to do with puppies. I mean, this is why, that's why these are here. We're we're paving a way so that when people come here, when people sit here, they can hear the good news of Jesus, but then we're going to do more. The reason I'm eating crickets is because if there's something in a passage that somebody does, I want to do it in the service from now on for this book. So let me just give you a heads up, some things that are in the book of Mark. People get baptized in the book of Mark. Next week, uh, this week, they're getting baptized with water. Next week, Jesus himself gets baptized. Now, we can't baptize Jesus because he's already been baptized. But if you want to be baptized, you can text me. My phone number is in the bulletin. You can email me. I'm going to have the baptism open next week just in case someone decides to get baptized during the service. Guess what else happens in Mark? Somebody somebody tell me some of you Jesus nerds who have been in churches for a long time, what are some things that you think happen in the book of Mark? Some miracles. Anyone got an idea? No. What? I can't hear. What does he do? What does Jesus do? In the book of Mark, I think Jesus does what? Book of Mark, huh? Which miracles? What and name any miracle you think he does. Water to wine. Book of John, you're wrong. Sorry. Of course, though, all the women are like, oh, I thought we were going to do that. Nope. Sorry. Grape juice for you. Cast out demons. demons. So guess what we're going to do in a week we read a story about Jesus casting out demons. We're going to have people that are up here to pray for spiritual possession, oppression, whether over your life, someone's life that you know, over a place... Because if you don't know, we're going to learn about demons. Demons are beings that are, they, they have a place to go and be. They're not just ethereal like a cloud. They could be wherever they're at, like air. They, demons are present beings. So we, we pray them out. Okay, what else does Jesus do in the book of Mark? Fed 4,000. 4,000? Four thousand. Four thousand? Oh, what, are you in six? Eight, Eight. okay. So here's how many people Jesus, in Mark chapter, I think it's six, Jesus feeds 5,000, and he feeds 4,000. So guess how many people we're going to feed this year, this school year? Let's add. I know some of you are like, I can't add. My kids do common core. I don't know. 4,000 plus 5,000 equals 9,000. By the end of this school year, I would just be thrilled to feed 9,000 people. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, somewhere around Thanksgiving. So we're going to start putting out, we're going to have a tally on the board in the back, we just have a brand new thing of blessing bags. The blessing bags are meals, and these ones are even gnarlier than the last. They've got recipes, a gift card, and all the ingredients to make whatever this incredible meal is, and they're mostly dinners because we found those were the most popular ones. If you want to be on that team, you should join it to be a blessing. It's, it's amazing what happened. Um, I, I gave the lady that's heading it up, Lori Woods. She's not here today. She's taking her son to college. She, I gave her some gift cards that we had, and I said, okay, can you get us started? She said, okay. She goes into Publix, this Publix right here, and she's shopping and getting all the stuff for these Be a Blessing bags to feed people, because Jesus didn't just feed the poor, he just fed people who were near him who were hungry. That could be your neighbor. I'm not counting your grandchildren, so I don't want you to count your grandchildren and children like 17 times, because some of you could feed your children three nights, and it's like, I fed 5,000, done, because you guys have children, That that was a breeding joke, okay. Um. It's feeding people outside of our family. And when she was there, she filled up her cart, and some guy said, what, what are you doing with all this food? It was just a full cart. And she explained, like, I'm part of the Chapel of Fishhawk. We're starting this thing to be a blessing to our neighbors, to have these bags. And we had it before, but it was more like a pantry. And, it was, and sometimes the bags would go quickly, but sometimes they would stay for months. These, these are going to be intentional, driven, chapel family-wide. Be a blessing. If, if we run out of bags, I trust that some of you make enough money to be a blessing to someone else. And we're going to just tally, we're going to have a book saying, well, if you take a bag, all you have to do is text in, how many people did you feed? Because Mark 6 should be around November-ish. And I want, to, I want to hit 5,000 people, 4,000 people. I want to hit these marks as we're in the book of Mark. I want our lives to ooze what Jesus did. I don't want us to simply hear principle and say, that was an interesting thought. I want us to push back the darkness in this world by bringing the light and goodness of God's kingdom everywhere we go. So today, we're making a way, because John the Baptist paved a way. I'm not going to have all of you eat locusts or crickets or grasshoppers with me, but if anyone wants to, um, I'll probably be doing it around Wednesday, because I just want to make the video. I want to try it, because I'm from California, and People in California do silly things. There's whole restaurants now devoted to bug eating. So I thought, let's give it a go. John was baptizing in the wilderness. That's another thing we're not going to do. I'm not going to baptize you in the wilderness of Florida because alligators. I'll baptize you at the beach. Uh, I am going to eat locusts and honey, and I will preach. I will say the same thing that John says. But John was preaching about the first coming of Jesus. We now are preaching and pointing to when Jesus is coming again. After me, after us, Jesus is returning. When he returns, he's going to be mightier in his second return than he was when he first appeared. When Jesus came the first time, he was arriving by way of a census. The picture we have in our mind is a donkey carrying Mary. She might have most likely would have been walking. He was born in a manger. This is Christmas. The next time Jesus returns, he's coming on a horse. The Bible says, with fire in his eyes, with a sword for a tongue, his mouth will be sharp. And he's coming not to die again, but he's coming to bring an end to human history and start the next chapter of eternity. We are not worthy to tie the strap of his sandals then or now. This is something that we we forget, and it's it's so ironic because someone was coming in today talking about how their kid didn't want to wear shoes. I said, this is a bad pastor. Don't ever do this to people, to parents. I put her in a bad spot. I said, hey, in the Bible, it only tells people to take off their shoes. It never commands people to put shoes on that wasn't a good move. But can you imagine not being worthy to stoop down and untie someone's shoes? Like, they are so holy. And this person, John has so much esteem for Jesus that he's saying, I can't even tie his shoes. I've been tying shoes this week, as some of you can imagine. I've been trying to teach my daughter how to tie her shoes. She's great. She can tie a shoe perfectly, just not on her foot, which is problematic. And um, just leaning down. It's a long way to go for me. All the way down. I tie her shoe. When she ties her shoe, uh, she brings it to me because it's not on her foot. And she says, Daddy, I did it. And she brings me her little Converse shoe and shows me. And then she'll say, I double knotted it. And I say, yes, but sweetheart, it's not on your foot. But I tied it, Daddy. So then I stoop down and I tie her shoe. It's weird that we've lost this awe of who God is and who Jesus is. I hear statements from people that say, when I get to heaven, I've got a whole bunch of questions that I'm going to ask God. And I think we've lost a sense of the awe. A sense of the fact that Jesus who came in the flesh, the, the Word of God, spoke all things into existence. He was there in the beginning. In the beginning, Elohim, which means God plural. It means that there's some, sort of, there's some sort of plurality and unity to God. It's one God, Father, Son, Spirit. That was in the very first verse of the entire Bible, the word Elohim. And then when they created Elohim, male and female, when they created humanity, he says, let us create them in our image. For those of you who aren't grammar people, us, our, or plural, whose image were we created in? God's, but God's saying us and our. So how does this work? It's Jesus there in the beginning. The same Jesus that's going to get baptized and come next week here, the same Jesus that John is paving the way for, has this immense power and holiness that we have often neglected. Has anyone here, uh, anyone here seen a celebrity in their life? Celebrity? Okay, well, give me a celebrity you've seen that you just love. Like when you saw him, you were like, I'm all about it. Anyone done that? Celebrity? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. For those of you who don't know Alice Cooper, you're under the age of 30, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Alice Cooper is a legend. Be my... Frankenstein. You know him now? You got it? Jared met Alice Cooper in a hair salon. And he, Did you geek out? Now, Alice Cooper has a famous story from a movie called Wayne's World, where Wayne and Garth see Alice Cooper, and they do what John did, does here. They bow down before Alice Cooper, and they say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Did you do that? I'm sure he's had thousands of people do that to him because of Wayne's World. Okay, well, another celebrity. Who'd you meet? Who'd you see that would just flabbergasted your mind Mario Lopez now were you in love with him because of Saved by the Bell or because of his Saved by the Bell okay if you don't know who Mario Lopez is it's he's on a show called Saved by the Bell he was A.C. Slater he was the the hammer pant wearing tank top rocking Italian stallion of that show all the people that are from like because that show went on for like three four 70 decades I don't know it always went on They had middle school, high school, college years. I think they got married eventually to people. So what did you do when you saw A.C. Slater? I mean, Mario Lopez. Did did you cry? Tears? Didn't cry? Okay. Okay, I need one more. One more celebrity encounter. What you got? You don't get to... Who did you run into, Gary? Queen Latifah! Latifah! I'd be like, tell me a joke. (laughs) She's funny, man. I... There's this weird thing with celebrities. You see them, and even if some of you are like, well, I'm not a celebrity person. That's me. I'm like not a celebrity person. But then I found out I do have a type of celebrity, and some of us have our types. If I saw uh, Alice Cooper, I probably would have not recognized him, if I'm being honest, because he wouldn't have had his makeup on. Uh, If I saw Mario Lopez, probably recognize him, but not really care because it's not Zach Morris, and he was the best in that show. If I met Queen Latifah, like, like, okay, Queen Latifah's cool. But like, I don't know, there's just other people, other comedians I'd want to meet before them. Like, I'd love to meet Jerry Seinfeld or Kevin Hart. He's funny. Don't watch him. I don't recommend him. <laughs> but, uh, but the first time I saw a celebrity, when I realized I was a celebrity nerd, I was going to a conference. And it, was a, it was a Christian conference. And I liked this person from afar, and I thought, oh, I'm so pumped. Like, he's just such a good teacher of the, the word, but I don't, I'm not going to idolize this guy. Conference starts, and I made some friends in line, and I'm like, they're like, where are you going to sit? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just want to hear the word of the Lord through this speaker. His name is John Piper. And, uh, and the guy goes, dude, I'm sitting up front. And I said, well, I'll go with you. And we got up front, and we're sitting there, and He's speaking. And he's a little guy, but he's got a big, booming voice. And he, um, just like here, if you sit in the front, there's a chance you're in the splash zone. He was, you could see in the lights, it's just froth coming out. And you're thinking, ew, that's so gross. This is how I knew I had an idolatry problem. I was like, oh my gosh, I just got spit on by John Stinking Piper. I think I'm closer to Jesus right now. All week at that conference, I was just there. He told a joke. I'd be like, ha, 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 ha. He was doing a deep point. I'm like, do you see me, JP? We took a picture afterwards. People were having him sign their Bibles. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. But I took a picture with him, and he's smaller. So it was on my fridge for a number of years because I was so pumped about it. And it looked like I was holding John Piper, and he was a ventriloquist doll. Because I had, like, my arm, like, it was, uh, uh, like, on his back, weirdly. And I was like, and his jaw, because he's a little older, was just kind of cracked open, like, mm. And it's like, hello, my name is John Piper. <laughs> I geeked out, you guys. And then when I was going through that, um, I was going through that hard time last summer, my family has, my wife's family has some weird connections to John Piper. So I'm going through this hard time, and uh, and my wife goes, I, I got something for you. You need to call this number at this time because um, John Piper's going to talk to you. I'm like, what? Are you sure? Is this a, am I being punked? Is Ashton here? So I call. It was his assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's expecting your call. Here you go. Boom. This is Pastor Piper. <gasps> what? Hi. I heard you've been going through a hard time. I don't remember anything and we talked for 45 minutes the best 45 minutes of my life i mean like it's like my, my getting married having my children the, talking to john piper somewhere in between those some of the kids don't get to that level <laughs> just fanboyed out at the end it just became normal and he asked me to pray for him i'm like dude why would you ask me to pray for you pray for yourself because it's like It's like you and Billy Graham and just all those guys. You want me to pray for you? Okay, I'll do it, JP, my BFF. That's what his cell phone is in my cell phone now as, JP, BFF. Put our picture there for my contact photo. (laughs) Some of you are like, I don't even know who that guy is. Some of you are thinking, I don't know Queen Latifah, Mario Lopez, Alice Cooper. But if you don't know them, think of the person in your life that just... Changes the way you're acting because there's so much awe that they bring before you. Think of the person who, if they walked through the door, you would become a stuttering fool to talk to them. Uh-huh. John is floored by the greatness of the one to come. He doesn't even know that it's Jesus yet. But he says, there's someone coming. I can't even tie, untie his sandals. I can't even stoop down before him. I'm baptizing you with water. I'm saying, be clean, be clean. He's going to come and he's going to not submerge your life in water. He's going to submerge your life in the Holy Spirit, which means he's going to submerge your life in divine power. He's going to submerge your life in divine purpose. He's going to submerge your life into the person, the divine person of God. When you go into a baptismal and come up, you're wet but there's something that it symbolizes, that your life has been drenched with God's power and purpose and presence. This is what John was floored about. I, don't, uh, I haven't fanboyed out now. I've, I've reached past my pastoral idolatry, and, uh, and I, don't, I don't know that I fanboy out for those things anymore. I'll tell you what I do look for and what just gets me so in awe is when I see God work in your lives and in mine. I was talking with Lori and we were talking about the be a Blessing Bags, the blessing bags, and I said, Isn't it cool that at the end of this year, we're probably going to be able to look back and say, Because of the vision God put in your heart, 9,000 people were fed. Maybe 10,000 people. I mean, why am I settling for such low numbers? I don't know. Because if all of us here today, there's going to probably be about 250, 300 people, if we all just took it upon ourselves and said, Okay, Got this many people by November. Break it down. How many meals are we going to feed? How many neighbors are we going to invite over? How many lunches are we going to pack for someone else to be a blessing? We would knock this out with ease. As far as paving the path for Jesus, some of us are so introverted. Watch this. Introverts, raise your hand. See how that happened? They are the slowest hand raisers don't look at me extroverts show me where you're at yeah right there loud and proud some of you to pave a path doesn't mean that you're going to go door to door and knock on people's doors and say hello my name is blah, blah, blah. i'd like to invite you to come learn about the kingdom of god no that's awkward there's like three people in here that i know can do that and do do it do do it <laughs> I am not an extroverted person. But if you set me next to someone long enough, I can jump into any conversation. Some of you just know people simply who are in pain. Pain is a motivator to come and find peace. Because in this Gospel of Mark, the way that John is paving, he's paving the way for Jesus to come. And when Jesus comes, he brings peace, he brings healing. He brings purpose, and we're going to see over and over again. He just does it instantly. I do this. Others react. I do this. Others react. So this week, on Wednesday, look for a video of me eating a locust on the chapel Facebook page. This week, pray and just hand out two of these. I'm not asking for 10, just two to pave away. Next week, it's not going to be a normal, um, a normal Sunday. Next week, Uh, God's Spirit has compelled me and I run by the staff and the elders. We're going to do something different than we normally do. There's not going to be just songs and then a sermon. Don't be scared. You don't have to do anything if you don't want to do anything, but God is going to do amazing things, not just through one mouth, but I think through many. And then we're going to continue on through this beautiful book. I pray that you would do as Mark wants us to do, hear, believe, and act. And we're going to show the world what it means to be marked by the good news of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we are here to be waymakers, to be pointers, to be signs, to be a people who say there's a better way there's a more joy-filled way. There's a way filled with divine peace in the midst of pain. There's a way filled with joy, no matter if you're having the best day or the worst day. There's, there's a way, and it's God's way. It's the kingdom of God. And Lord, today, I pray that we would be like John, that we would be pointers, that we would be signposts, that we wouldn't simply hear and forget, but that we would hear, believe, and act upon your word. Help us, God to love radically today. Help us to be a blessing today in Jesus' name. All God's kids said, amen. Amen.